You could open your Bibles again to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 18th verse. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're noticing particularly the, the thought here, praying with all prayer. All prayer. Well, another translation said praying with all manner of prayer. Another translation said praying with all kinds of prayer. So there are different kinds of praying and different manner of prayer. That must be so even if you just take the King James translation from which I read my text because he said praying with all prayer. If there wasn't different kinds of praying or prayer, then he would have said praying with prayer and left it at that. But he used the word all prayer, which would include all kinds of praying. We've noted from the New Testament that there are at least uh, nine kinds of praying. There's the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of agreement. There's the prayer of consecration or submission or dedication. There's the prayer of commitment or casting our cares upon the Lord. And then there is the prayer of worship and praise. And so we talked about that this morning and I want to tie up some loose ends uh, before we get into this, let, let's, let's notice again what prayer is. That's so important. And the reason I keep going over it is because we have new people come. And then, of course, we, we can stir up your remembrance, praise God. Prayer is one thing, prayer is, is our need crying out for help. Some people seem to think that's all there is to prayer, but it certainly isn't. Prayer is a spiritual exercise. Prayer is taking our place in the family of God and in the body of Christ. Prayer is fellowshipping with our heavenly Father. Prayer is joining forces with God, our Father. Prayer is carrying out His will upon the earth. Prayer is getting into the presence of God. But it's not only getting into the presence of God. Prayer is walking and living in his presence. Somebody has said, and I don't know, I've heard it so many years ago when I first started in my ministry. Almost 50 years ago. Somebody said praise is the highest type of prayer. I remembered when I first heard that over 40 years ago. I, I at first, you see, in my lack of spiritual maturity and growth thought, well, that can't be so. Uh, you know, my, 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 my thinking of prayer was limited at that time. But then when I began to study the subject and see that prayer is fellowshipping with God. Hallelujah. And then I began to look into the Bible and to see how that worship and praise and thanksgiving were always tied in with prayer. Hallelujah then I could see that praise is the highest type of fellowship. Then I, I read where God said that he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise God forevermore. We, we can't praise him enough. Can you say amen? amen. Now notice in, in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is his son in the faith, and he is a young minister and at the time that Paul wrote to him, is actually serving as a pastor. And so Paul said, or I like to say it this way, the Holy Ghost said through Paul, for I believe Paul was inspired by the Spirit of God to write this. He said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, intercessions, prayers, supplications, 
and, notice this now, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Well, who's he talking about? He said, for kings and for all that are in authority. I said this morning, we have days of prayer, sometimes national days of prayer. People call people to prayer. Why not have a day of thanksgiving? Pray God. Well, we have thanksgiving, you know, thanksgiving time. But I'll tell you, every day ought to be a thanksgiving time with us. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Now, notice again in Philippians 4, 6. Notice in Philippians 4, 6, where again the Spirit of God said to the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, King James translation, be careful for nothing. That's a little bit blind to us. Another translation said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Glory to God. What are you going to do if you're not going to fret, gripe, and complain and worry? Well, you're going to do what the Bible said do. But in everything. How many things? How many? Everything. Praise God. By prayer and supplication. Now notice this. With thanksgiving. There it is again. See, worship, praise, thanksgiving all go together, don't they? With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then in the 13th chapter of Acts, the very first verse of the Bible said, now there were in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers such as. It goes on to mention the names of five men. And among those five men mentioned were Barnabas and Saul or Paul. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And so when they had prayed and fasted, they laid their hands on them. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, departed. And they went on their first missionary journey. Now, notice as these ministers who were either a pastor or a prophet or a teacher or a are a prophet and a teacher, as they ministered to the Lord. How did they minister to the Lord? How did they minister to the Lord? And fasted, the Holy Ghost said something. Well, I think you'll get a little further clue on that if you'd turn over to the 16th chapter of Acts and you'd begin to read here about Paul and Silas. And you remember that they were uh, arrested and that they were beaten and that they were committed to the keeper of the prison who put them in the innermost prison and their feet were in stocks. So there they are at midnight, at midnight, their backs bleeding, their feet in stocks, in the innermost prison, and at midnight, the scripture said, they prayed. Is that all they did? No. And sang praises unto one another. Sang praises unto the prisoners. No, unto God. They were ministering unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do you minister to the Lord? Hallelujah. All right, let's get a little further insight to it. Let's, let's see, the word of God gives us another little glimpse. Notice, turn with me, turn with me. Maybe if I just quote this, you don't get it. So let's just take time to do it. Turn with me to, to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. Paul said this, how is it then, brethren, this is the 26th verse then, how is it then, brethren, when ye come together? Now, he's talking here about them coming together in what we would call a church service. I want you to notice a thought here. Every one of you hath a psalm. How many of them? Every one of them. 
And then he goes on, says, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, let all things be done unto edify. Now, when they came together, why did every one of them have a psalm? All right, turn to the fifth chapter of Ephesians. Turn to the fifth chapter of Ephesians, and let's begin to read with the 18th verse. Here he said, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, what he's saying is, instead of being full of wine, be full of the Holy Ghost, praise God. Now notice, doing what? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to whom? To yourself? No, to the Lord. That's the way to minister to the Lord, to the Lord. And when they came together, that's the reason they had a psalm, because it's all filled with the Spirit, because in their own private lives, they'd been ministering to the Lord, praise God, speaking to themselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. To the Lord. That's the way you minister to the Lord. Now then, let's turn a little bit further over into, into our Bibles here in the book of Colossians. Now notice, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. We have a very similar statement again here. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. How? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to one another. No, to the Lord, to the Lord, hallelujah. So then back to the 16th chapter of Acts now, at midnight, at midnight, at midnight, at midnight. Now this was actually literally the, the time, time-wise, midnight. But I believe that you could also spiritualize it. In other words, well, here's what to do at midnight. There comes a midnight in our lives. You know what I mean by midnight, don't you? There comes a dark hour. There comes the test. There comes the trial. What are you going to do? Well, blessed be God, we've got an example from the Word of God what to do. At midnight, they prayed. Is that all they did? No. And you know, you can read it, read it like this. At midnight, they prayed and, and ministered to the Lord. They prayed and sang praises. Unto whom? Unto the Lord. Glory to God. And the prisoners heard them. They weren't quiet about it. You know, some people said, oh, I believe in praising God, all right. But you know, I believe in being quiet about it. <laughs> no, they don't. The Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just sure it's just in your heart, it's going to slip out. Amen. 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 I tell you, I, I've been so full of praise. I met somebody in the shopping center, you know, said, how are you doing? I said, praise God, amen. Glory, how, how, you know. Well, I, it just slipped out because it's in there. I mean, before I got a hold of my tongue, then, you know, I, I met people and they said something to me. They said, how are you? I said, man, get a suit again if you see a stone in there. They look at you sort of straight. It just slipped out. I didn't mean to speak with tongues, but my heart was so full. My heart was so full. Praise God that it just slipped out. Just, 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 just jumped out. Amen. They're so full of the Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that's the way God wants us to be. Prayer is a spiritual exercise. Hallelujah. 
Prayer is fellowshipping with God. Hallelujah. And so, at midnight, they prayed and did what? Sang praises unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Unto God. Unto the Lord. Did you notice that they didn't anything happen until they started singing praises? Are you listening? That's when the answer came. That's when the victory came. That's when the deliverance came. That's when the manifestation of what they were praying about came, when they were praising God. Most people, if they'd just quit praying about whatever they're praying about and start praising God, it wouldn't be long till it would be manifested. But you see, they keep on praying about the same thing and never add praise to it, never add thanksgiving to it. And you see from all these scriptures that thanksgiving and praise is to be added to it. I'm going to catch you up with us now. We went back then to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And we saw there how that three armies banded together to come against Jehoshaphat and, and Judah, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And, and, and Jehoshaphat knew that he didn't have an army sufficient to meet them. So he called all of them together to pray and to fast. And so they, they just simply, Jehoshaphat just simply laid the situation out before the Lord. Here's this great multitude coming against us. We're not sufficient to meet them. And the Spirit of God, the Bible said here in the 14th verse, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asap, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken, all ye Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what the Lord is saying unto you. Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. Now then, notice this 20th verse. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. In other words, believe what the, the man of God said when he spoke by the Spirit of God, and you'll prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto one another. He appointed folks to lead them all in singing. No, singers unto the Lord. Singers unto the Lord. Singers unto the Lord. Singers unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, we had an ICFCM convention down there in Fort Worth, and Brother Bob Nichols, pastor of the church there where we had the convention, and, uh, and his choir sang on Tuesday night and on Wednesday night. Maybe other, I had to leave, but maybe other times, I don't know, but I know those two nights. And, and it's just absolutely outstanding. And, and Bob said, uh, and of course, I'd preached in that church many times before they were in this building and, and, and when he first started. He, he first started, he just started a new work and he, he, he rented a, an old sub post office over on Barry Street. I, I went in there when, you know, just in the, <laughs> they just tore out uh, the insides of it and just had a little old uh, plywood platform. I held the first meeting they had there for it. And so, uh, Bob said about three and a half months ago, we, uh, we just made a complete change and turn in our church. Uh, and his brother, who is a lawyer, he leads the choir, but uh, he said, we don't call it choir anymore. 
I think that's the best thing in the world if churches quit having choirs. Amen. Amen. He said, we call them singers unto the Lord or praisers. If you don't want to get in the spirit of praise, don't get in this. How do you get in the spirit of praise? Well, you're going to have to do what Paul said. Praise God in your own private life. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to, to be full of the Holy Ghost and speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hallelujah. And then you'll come all fired up. See, you can have trained voices. And you can have trained choirs and robed choirs and, and miss the whole spirit of the whole thing. Oh, you listen to it. Man, I'll tell you the truth about the matter. I'll tell you the truth about the matter. Just almost lift you off your seat. Amen. I mean, them singing just almost lift you off your seat. Make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Glory to God. I'll tell you, they, they brought you into the presence of God. Oh, we need that. So much of our singing, I'm talking about in general, you know, so much of our singing doesn't do that, does it? Are you listening to me? Amen. And so we need to realize that, that this is a part of our worship and prayer life. Amen. Now, they appointed singers unto the Lord. What for? All right, let's go on reading. That's that 21st verse of the 20th chapter, 2nd Chronicles. And that they should praise. Hallelujah. That's read. Bob said we call these, you can't get in, you can't get in this group unless you want to be a praiser unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. A praiser unto the Lord. We're looking for praisers. God's looking for praisers. Not just singers, praisers. Can you say amen? amen? So, it said, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army... And to say, tells you exactly what they said. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Now get this. They had prayed, we read that. Now get this. Notice this 22nd verse. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Hallelujah. When did the manifestation of what they're praying about come? While they were singing praises unto God. Amen. What if they had just stopped with praying? Well, we know that. We've been praying for years and stopped there and nothing happened. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Praise God. Nothing would have happened. But they knew the secret. They knew the secret of prayer and praise and worship and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound just exactly like Paul and Silas down there in jail when they had at midnight they prayed and sang praises unto the Lord. It was while they were singing praises unto the Lord. Bless God that the manifestation of victory came and that old jail shook and every door fell open. And, and the jailer, you know, he thought that they'd escaped. He knew it would cost him his life. He thought all the prisoners had escaped. And he started to fall on the, his sword and kill himself. And Paul said, sir, do thyself no harm. We are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Praise God. And he got saved. Glory to God. Later on, they established a church at Philippi. I know they did because we got a letter here that Paul wrote to him. And that, that, that jailer is the first convert there. I like to think that he became the pastor of that assembly. Hallelujah. 
And I think when Paul wrote to that church, he's reminding them. That's the reason he said to them, it worked for me, it'll work for you. That's the reason he said to the Philippians when he wrote to them in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. He remembered when he and Silas were down there in jail. They didn't fret about it. Dear Lord, dear Lord, I've thought so many times if Paul and Silas had been like most Christians I know, if they'd lived that long, they'd been in jail yet. Amen. They'd have been in jail today. If they could have lived that long, they'd still been in jail. They'd never got out. If Paul and Silas had been like most Christians, at midnight, instead of them praying and singing praises to God, at midnight, they'd have been a griping and complaining. And a crying and feeling sorry for themselves. Poor old me. And old Silas would have nudged Paul and said, Paul, you still there? See, it's dark because the jailer called for a light. So it's dark. And Paul said, yeah. I said, where do you think else I'd be? And Silas said, I'll tell you, Paul, you sure missed God, didn't you? I, I, I'm not going to follow these fellows anymore that has visions. Don't you know? Just prior to this, Paul, then his company essayed to go into uh, Asia and the Spirit of God forbid him. And in the nighttime, he saw a man stand up and say, come over to Macedonia and help us. So he saw that God was leading him over to Europe. See, Christianity had only been there in what we call Asia Minor. And now then it spread first to Europe, you see. And so they came over to Macedonia, to Philippi. And, uh, and, and they resorted thither to the riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And there was one uh, Lydia Sully of Purple whose heart the Lord opened. She became a woman, became the first convert on the continent of Europe. Amen. Hallelujah. And so then they stayed in her home. And then, you know, he would, uh, he would go to the synagogue there and discuss with them. And there's a little maiden with the spirit of fortune telling or divination. And she would follow them on the streets and holler out, these men of service of the Most High God would come hither to show us the way of salvation. You see, the devil knows a lot. He don't know everything God knows, but he does know some things. And so she would holler that out. Well, Paul put up with it several days and so finally said after many days he, he became grieved in his spirit and he turned and said to the spirit, come out of her in the name of Jesus and that devil come out of her and she couldn't tell fortunes anymore and her masters got mad about it because they, their, their means of gain was gone. They're going to have to go to work now. And so they had him put in jail. And so they beat Paul and Silas and they put him in jail. So there they are in jail. And so if Paul and Silas had been like most Christians that I've known, I mean spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians that I've met in the last 50 years almost, they'd have been in jail yet. Paul said, Silas would have said, I'll tell you, Paul, you know that, that we sure missed God, didn't we? You sure did miss God. You just must have ate too much for supper. And you, you, you saw that fellow stand up, you know, and say, come over and help us. Well, well you know, you know God couldn't be in it. I, I mean, I mean, well, if, if God led you to a city, God told you to go there and preach, by this time we'd have had the whole city converted. Everybody would have been saved. But they'd been over there for quite some time because it said for many days that little maiden followed them. And they've got one widow woman saved and, and, and got the devil cast out of the girl and got in jail. <laughs> Why don't you know if you're in the will of God, everything always runs hunky-dory? Don't you know in the will, if you're in the will of God, everything just as runs as smooth as glass? Never any problems, never any trouble, never any tests, never any trials. You're always just, you know, on cloud nine, floating around, you know. Don't you know that? Floating down the stream of ease. Don't you know that if you're in the will of God? Well, if that's the case, then Paul never did get in the will of God. 
I mean, he is out of the will of God from the beginning of his ministry to the end of it. Amen. I sure don't want to follow some fellows out of the will of God, so I'll just tear out half of the New Testament because he just wrote about half of it. No, blessed be God. Amen. You know God never did tell us we wouldn't have any trouble? Way back in the 91st Psalm, he said, I'll be with him in trouble. Hallelujah. And I'll deliver him. Hallelujah. See, they knew there was deliverance. How do you get it? At midnight, they prayed. They didn't gripe. They didn't fuss and complain. And so old Silas would have said, I said, Paul, I'll tell you, uh, you sure must have missed God. That, 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 that couldn't have been a true vision from God because if God had been in it, you would have got everybody saved by now. Don't you know that? And Paul would have said, yeah, yeah, we, we missed it somewhere, didn't we? I'll tell you, I sure thought God was talking to me. But you know God's not in all this. No, we, 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 we just missed it. I mean, how, what in the world are we going to do? And old Silas said, well, I hope they don't get back home. You know, I never did get in jail when they're serving the devil. <laughs> Why, if this gets back home, they'll just, I ever get back there, they'll call me an old jailbird. I'll tell you, Paul, I, I, you know, uh, I tell you, I never, never did anything like this, you know, when they're serving the devil. Wasn't this bad? Yeah, I've had Christians to come to me and say, no, I'll tell you, I never had this hard time of serving the devil. I said, well, if you repent of it, God will forgive you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, some way or another, some folks have got the idea, you know, that you're just going to float through life, like I said, on cloud nine. No, I'll tell you, bless God, when you get thoroughly equipped with the word of God and know really what faith is, you're looking for a contest. <laughs> Amen. You're not dodging anything. You're thanking God for the hard places. I wouldn't preach anything to you that I hadn't practiced myself. Dear Lord, I've driven down the road, I mean, with an old rattletrap cart you couldn't sell and just had one dime in my pocket. Amen. And bills stacked up on every side of me. And what are you going to do? And I just went down the road singing hallelujah, glory to God, talking in psalms and singing in tongues and said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Mr. Devil. I'm going to act like the Bible so. I'm just going to act like the Bible so. And I'm going to thank God for the test. And thank God that I don't have but a dime in my pocket. Because this is just another opportunity to prove the Bible so. Another opportunity for me to exercise my faith. Another opportunity to believe God. Hallelujah! I'll tell you, you get to praising God and thanking God and there'll be a great earthquake. Hallelujah! Can you say Amen! amen. Oh yeah, I've been out there. I wouldn't teach you tutor something that I didn't practice myself. I've started home. I've started back home, drove after the service, long distance. But why did I drive from 10 or 10.30 at night till 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock the next morning to get in? Because I didn't have a spare tire. All four of my tires are ball. It's hot in the daytime. You'll have to have a blowout. It's a little cooler at night, you see. And that's why I drove all night. Didn't even have a spare tire. Didn't need, had four baldies. I've got my last offering in my pocket. My last offering in my pocket. And, and, and I already know what it is. And I know it's not enough. It's not even enough to pay my house rent. And I'm already three months behind with it. It's not enough to pay one month's rent. And bills are stacked up on every side of me. And you know, tires that's got a little bit of a tread on them will sing a little. But those bald tires started singing. Those ball tires started singing. One of them started, you know, the left front one started singing. What are you going to do now? 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 
what are you going to do now? And I didn't have another meeting to go to. I didn't have any place to preach. No income, a wife and two children to feed, bills. What are you going to do? And then the right front tire joined in. They started singing a duet. What are you going to do now? 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 And then the left rear tire got in with them and started singing a trio. What are you going to do now? 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 And then the right rear tire started singing bass and they had a quartet. (laughs) Said, what are you going to do now? 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 And I entertained it for a little while and for a few seconds almost hung my head for a few seconds almost passed up a marvelous opportunity to fret. Passed up a marvelous opportunity to to worry. Passed up a marvelous opportunity to be anxious. And then, blessed be God, something rose up inside of me and I yelled right out loud, you know what I'm going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going home and go to bed and go to sleep. And act like the Bible so. Hallelujah. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And I got in four or five o'clock in the morning, got into bed. My wife's got to live there with those bills. I'm out yonder. She said, uh, How's the first thing she asked? How's the offering? I, I said, everything's all right, honey. Just go on to sleep. Everything's all right. Got no meetings. Got no money. Don't have enough to go around. What are you going to do? Well, put everybody's name in a hat and just draw out a few of them. Pay those that you draw out first. Amen. I didn't get in, you see, till between 4 and 5 o'clock. So uh, Aretha got up and got the kids off to school and let me sleep. I'm still asleep about 8.30. They've already gone to school. The telephone's are ringing. It awakened me. And she answered and she said, well, I don't know. He got in between before I heard her say and he's asleep. I said, I'm awake. <laughs> so I went to the phone and said, it's long distance. She's talking to the operator. She calls some pastor's call. And so I went to the phone and the fellow said, Doc, uh, you, you don't know me, but you know, I knew exactly, indirectly of him, you know. But he said, uh, could you come hold me a revival? I said, yeah, when you want me, I can be there by tomorrow night. Oh, he said, we couldn't start tomorrow night, but, but, you know, give me a few days to get an advertisement out. Went, you know, and just had a great time. Praise God. Oh, thank God for the privilege to live by faith. I said, thank God for the privilege to live by faith. If you're going to wait till everything gets right for you to get into the ministry and to preach and everything is, is just right, you got all the bills paid and everything's under control and everything's fine, hunky-dory, you'll never get there. Just forget it. Just forget it. Just forget it. <laughs> You wouldn't make it anyhow. You haven't got the stuff. Amen. 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 I told you, my wife and I got married 44 years ago this fall. And uh, when we we, we were married, on on the 25th day of of November 1938, it was on Friday, you see. And I was pastoring a little church down there, you know, in Grayson County called Tom Bean, Texas. You know, maybe 100 or 200 people in town, farmers all the way around it, you know. And after we got married, everybody went to town on Saturday, you see. So we went to Sherman, you know. And, uh, and I had a dime. That's all I got. I don't have anything. 
with one of my deacons. We spent that night with one of my board members. You know, we went to town with them the next day. And I said there, well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's just spend this dime and go broke. Bless God and start on the bottom. <laughs> you can't go any place else but up then, you know. Some of these folks, oh, I don't know. I feel like slapping them on both <laughs> cheeks and kicking them in a place or two. They're going to wait till everything gets right. So we bought each one of us, I bought each one of us a nickel bar of candy. You know, that's what I had, two nickels in my pocket knife. And I spent the two nickels. Well, you could buy a nickel bar of candy, it's bigger than a quarter bar now. But anyway, we bought us a bar of candy and had a big time eating it and went broke. <laughs> and we started up together by faith. A lot of folks, you know, they're going to wait till they get them a Cadillac and a new brick house and all new furniture before they get married. They probably never make it and they got married. They don't have enough sense. <laughs> well, somebody said, yeah, but you've got to act in wisdom. Yeah, I know it. And they'd be left standing outside. I'll tell you, boy, you act in faith, you'll get all God's blessings. Amen. We've been rising ever since then. <laughs> amen. To the top. Amen. Can you say Amen. amen. We learn how to praise God in the hard places. Thank God for the hard places. Are you listening to me? Well, don't sit there and look at me in that tone of voice. I'm telling you the truth. Now notice. Taking me longer than I thought to gather up the loose ends. <laughs> they, they, some of them haven't even got to yet here. Uh, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. Sing and to praise. They're praising God for the victory before they see it. They prayed. God's witness to them by his spirit. They're praising God for the victory before they see it. It's when they began to pray, sing and to praise that the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. Now notice this. Let's read down there just a little bit further. Notice the Lord set ambushments against the enemy and they were smitten. Now notice the 25th verse. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance, not a scarce few, but in abundance, in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away and they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. I tell you, if you quit praying and go to praising God, you get more than you can take home. Amen. It'd take you three days to carry it all home. Amen. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Amen. Praise God. I remember reading one of Dr. Lyndon B. Yeoman's book. Dr. Yeoman's a medical doctor. She wrote several books on the subject of healing. And, uh, and in one of these, she talks about a missionary that she knew of. And you see, in her day, it was before the smallpox vaccine. And smallpox was a dreaded disease. And it would strike in different places of the, of the earth and world, and, and people would die. And, and it was dreaded. 
So here this missionary there on the foreign field, you see, came down with smallpox. Well, they isolated the missionary from the rest of them, put them in this room, you see, and so on, because they didn't want it to spread, because actually they were working with, with a mission and also with an orphanage, and they were children and so on and so forth. But this missionary just simply began to praise God and sat up in bed and praised and sang and praised and sang and praised and sang for 24 hours, and he couldn't find a pox on him. It all disappeared. I tell you, the devil can't stand praise. I said the devil can't stand praise. Amen. And sing away their sickness. Did you ever stop to think about that singing and praising had something to do with healing? Amen. Certainly it does. Glory to God. Sing away their sicknesses. Amen. That, that, that missionary, sing away smallpox. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know a minister friend of mine down in Texas. I wish I could have seen him. He was here at camp meeting and left a note there and I hung around the front there after service one night waiting to see him. He's older than I am, I suppose, in his early 70s now. But I, when I first came into the Pentecostal movement, I heard his testimony. Uh, th- this happened in the 30s. And in, in, in I came in, you know, in 37, got to baptism of the Ghost, and then 39 took a, a church there. Well, 38 took that little full gospel church where I met my wife, and 39 then we took one there in Farmerville, Texas. But anyway, I'd heard this man's testimony. When I pastored my last church there, he, he come by and I had him to preach just a, a Sunday for me. And I said to him while he was there in my postage, I said to him, you know, I want to hear your story firsthand. I, I've heard this testimony from different sources and, and they were all correct, all right. But right on the other hand, I like to just sort of hear it, so to speak, from the horse's mouth. They was there, they ought to know what happened. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. And, and so this is a young man just in his early 20s, a young married man. A little, little, their first child was born about 14 months old and it was discovered that he had tuberculosis. You got to realize there in the 30s, about, that's about 1933, tuberculosis is a dreaded disease. If you go back and check your records, it was among, uh, I think, number one killer here in America in, in, in the 30s, you see, before the days of the miracle, so-called miracle drugs, you see. And so here he got TB. Well, every church, he preached over Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and I guess some in New Mexico because he was in evangelistic work. And, and he said to me, every church, I'd ask him to pray. I thought if you get enough people to pray, it'll get the job done, you know. And I guess, you see, you know, hundreds are praying. I'd ask them to pray. I'd tell them what the diagnosis is. And there just wasn't any cure for it, you know. And, and so he just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And finally, he's got no place to go. He had to go to his wife's folks. And he's out there. They lived in the country. They were farmers there in the black land of north central Texas. And he's there, bedfast, finally hemorrhaging, bleeding from the mouth, hemorrhaging every day from his lungs on his deathbed, medical science says. He's up here in the front bedroom, bedfast, out there on the farm way back there in 1933-34. His wife and her mother, his daddy-in-law's out in the field plowing with horses, mules, and he's, uh, he's there, bedfast, in the front bedroom. The, his wife and mother-in-law are out behind the house with the old-fashioned tub and rub board to wash him. And so he said, I'm there praying, you know, facing death, 14-month-old baby, leaving my wife, just, just in his 20s, early 20s, you see, maybe 23 or 4, something like that, got to die. And he said, some way or another, I, I, I couldn't hardly turn. They'd have to turn me. See, he's that far gone, weak, on his side. He can't turn over on his side. Some way or another, I managed, he said. And I was looking out the window, and I saw down there about a quarter of a mile away from the house a clump of bushes and trees. And I don't know why I did, but I said, Lord, 
some way or another, give me enough strength just to get up and get down there in that clump of trees or bushes and, and, and I'll just pray until I'm healed or I die, one of the two. And he told me personally, he said, then I began to try and seemed like some strength came to me because he's bedfast. And I managed to get out of bed and I managed to get down there, you know, to this clump of bushes and trees about a quarter of a mile away and I lay down there in the shade of the trees and the bushes, nobody could see him. And then he said, the devil said, now, boy, you played it, you played it. You see, he's there at the back of the house. This is the front, so nobody saw him. They won't find him. He, they can't find him. See, he's so far gone, he can only talk in a whisper. Well, he can't holler and tell anybody where he is. They don't know where he is. The devil said, they'll, you know, the only way they'll find you is the buzzards will lead them to you. Because you'll die right on the spot. You played it. You've been a fool. You played a fool. And so he said, well, Mr. Devil, I'll tell you, I came down here to pray, and I'm going to pray. He said, really, I, I, I say I said it, but really, I said it inside me. I don't have enough strength yet. I'm lying there flat on my back. I don't have enough strength even to whisper. I'm saying it on the inside of me, out of my spirit, you see, to the devil. I, I, I came down here to pray, and I'm going to pray until I'm healed or I die on this very spot. And he said to me personally, while I was lying there, flat on my back, not enough strength even to whisper out loud, said that within myself, you know, trying to gain enough strength to start whispering because that's as much as he could do in his weakened condition. He said, I got to thinking about it. It seemed there passed in front of me the congregations that had asked to pray, the preachers that had asked to pray. And in his day, you see, the outstanding healing evangelist, Smith Wigglesworth was here in America. Raymond T. Ritchie, Amy Simple McPherson, Dr. Charles S. Price, P.C. Nelson were men that were known with the healing men. He'd been in every one of them's meetings. Every one of them had laid hands upon him. Hundreds of people were praying. He said, I got to thinking about it. Well, dear Lord, if all the, he'd have people lift their hand and, and say, well, you remember me every day and pray at least one prayer a day for me. Sometimes the whole congregation would lift their hand. Well, he said, if they all just prayed one minute, think about how many hours of prayer that would be. Think about how many hundreds of hours, if all of these congregations prayed. Think about how many hundreds of hours of prayer. He said, I thought like that. And I said to myself, well, if prayer was going to do it, it'd already be done. No, he said, I said to myself, I'm not going to pray one word. I'm not going to, I don't know how come he said. The Spirit of God, unconscious on his part, was leading him. He said, I'm not going to pray one prayer. I'm not going to pray one word. Dear Lord, he said, give me enough strength to praise you. I'm going to lie here and praise you until I'm healed or I die. And he said, within me, because I didn't have enough strength to whisper it out loud, within me, I began to say, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. On the inside of me. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for my healing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for my healing. Praise God. After doing that for a while, he said to me, I got enough strength that I could whisper it. And I began to whisper, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Then I got a little louder. And he said, at the end of two hours, I was standing on my feet, shouting, praising God so loud that they heard me. <laughs> Five miles away. Praise God. And I've been healed ever since then. He said to me, you know, now here's something that's peculiar. Medical science don't understand it. You see, but it's over in the realm of miracles. 
there can be a continuing miracle. There can be an instant miracle, but there can be a continuing miracle. He said to me when he preached in my church, and you see, when he preached in my church, here is a man over in his 40s. Like I said, he's in his, I guess, 72 probably today. He said, I just, just a little while ago, I went for a physical checkup. I, I do that every once in a while and astound the doctor. They take an x-ray of my lungs. They look at me and said, I don't understand it. I said, what is it, doctor, you don't understand? One of your lungs has got a hole in it. And yet it's a working all right, just like the other one. He said, yeah, it's been there for the last 30 years or more. Well, we don't understand it. He said, that's all right, I do, praise God. Just a, just a continuing miracle. Are you listening to me? Continuing miracle. You know, I, I told you about the, the last church I pastored there in East Texas, Brother Haynes, my Sunday school superintendent, who fell off of the, you know, uh, uh, one of those, uh, well, down into machinery, you know. Here's a, big, here's a big engine that pulls 10 or 12, you know, pumps, wells. You know, you got long rods running way off out to a well, way over yonder, several hundred yards away, and another way over here, you know. And this big engine runs off of natural gas, you know, and it'll go pop, 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 pop. And it'll pull all those wells. Well, he, one of them, it got to squeaking. He, 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 he should have cut the well off, but he didn't. And he got up there, you see, to all this and fell down in the machinery. And, and he, you know, knocked it. Well, actually, the doctor told me, you know, his elbow, his left elbow shattered. He said it's in a thousand pieces. doctor explained to me like this. There were other things wrong with him, but he was healed of the other thing. Now, this, this elbow, the doctor told me, he said, you've seen no rotten piece of lumber? I said, yeah, you know, splinter it, you know, you know. Yeah, he said, that's the way his elbow. You couldn't put it back together to save life. We didn't even try. Impossible. It's in a thousand splinters. And so he said, we, we thought, because he, he was unconscious, said, we thought maybe, you know, his arm's going to be stiff. Maybe he wouldn't want it that way. Maybe he'd rather have it this way where, it, where he could use it. So we, we just wrapped it, you know, and put it this way. So his, his elbow would always be stiff. Well, now, he was left-handed. See, he's a pumper in Oville. He always writes his reports in left hand. He shaves left hand. He does everything in left hand because he's left-handed, see. And uh, so to pass over, you know, how God brought him out and all, I'll get into that in another area of prayer. But uh, they paid him. I know. I know they did. He, paid, he gave me the tithes. $2,500 for, for, in that day, that was the top, for the loss of the use of his left arm, left elbow. Well, like he told me, he said, I met with the doctors, I met with the Texas Employment Agency and so on, and oil company men, and said, I'm going to be fair about it, men, God heal me, and, and I can use that elbow, can't you see that? There it is, he shaved with it, I write all my reports with it. Yeah, but they said the x-rays still show that your elbow is splintered. We take an x-ray of that elbow, and it shows a thousand splinters. And the doctor stood there and said, we know you can't. He said, yeah, I can. See it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, but we know you can't. The Texas Employment Agency said, well, we go by what the doctor say. Pay him the $2,500. Oil company said, go ahead and pay him. We carry the insurance for years. Pay him. So they paid him $2,500 for the loss of the use of his left arm. He come by the pastor and gave me $250 ties. <laughs> Amen. See, I don't understand that. Well, that's what the Bible calls signs and wonders. You know, it makes you wonder. <laughs> Amen. What is a wonder anyhow? Can't figure it out. It's a wonder. It's working though. Praise God. He's shaving with that arm. That hand. <laughs> Amen. We don't understand it. 
taking a present tense x-ray of it months after his accident. He has been back on the job for months, writing all his reports every day. How much oil's in this tank? You know, those great big tanks, fill them with oil, you know. How much they pumped out then over to the station, you know, pump station, so on and so forth, and so on. Yeah, but you can't do that. We just took the, the last x-ray. Here it is, right here. It shows that your elbow is in a thousand splinters and you can't use it. Yeah, but there it is. God restored it. Can't you see that? Well, we go by what the x-ray said. I'm glad I learned a long time ago that God knows more than the x-ray knows. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, now that minister that I was talking about, still the doctors say, and like I said, he's at camp meeting this year. I wish I could have seen it. I stood around the front there. I left a word with Roy there, you know, a little note there or something, but somewhere or another I missed it. And, 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 and yet there, years later, many years later, the, the x-ray shows he's still got a hole in his lung where that TB you see, the other scars are there. But there's a hole, he said, in his lung. How's it working? <laughs> you can understand that. He's all right, fine, physically, just fit as a fiddle, still preaching at 70-something, glory to God. Did you ever see this, uh, what's his name, you know, he's got that glass eye you can see out of Ronnie Coyne. You know, the, the eye doctor certified he can see. I don't know why. I've tested him out. You know, he used to be with us, Divorce and Healing. And you take an envelope out of your pocket. Take, take a card like that. Take your Bible and hold over his other eye and he'll read out of that glass eye. <laughs> they removed his eyeball, you know, and there's a kid there. Put a glass eye and he'll read out of that. Oh, now some of them said it's a mental thing. No, it couldn't be a mental thing. I mean, I mean, you stand there with your mind quiet. He couldn't be reading your mind. Don't even look yourself to see what's written on whatever you hold up in front of him. It's a continuing miracle. God will do some things, dear friends. See, we forgot that there's miracles as well as healings. There are miracles. There are healing miracles. Then there's miracles above that. And then there's his healings. Are you listening to me? Amen. Well, how did that minister dying on his deathbed? Well, he said there's been enough prayer going. I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm going to lie here and praise God. At the end of two hours, he's shouting so loud they can hear him from miles away. He'd been preaching ever since then. Went right back to preaching. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, thank God. We don't praise him enough. Did you ever stop to think about it? The book of Psalms, as we call it, and we call it a book, but actually, in the Hebrew Bible, it's five books of Psalms. Mr. Schofield has it divided that way in his Bible. And what we call the book of Psalms, the 150 Psalms, are really five books of Psalms. It corresponds to the first five books of the Bible. It is Israel's prayer and song book. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? This gives, this gives you an insight into how they praised and worshiped God. Well, if they could praise and worship God under the old covenant, which isn't as good as ours, how much more should we praise and worship God with the aid and the assistance of the Holy Spirit? Now, let's, let's look at some of these psalms. You know, never one of them. Did you ever notice how many of them begin with praise ye the Lord? 
and end with praise ye the Lord. I like this one, 113th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. The very first verse, you're instructed three times to praise the Lord. Isn't that right? Then the, the second verse of the same psalm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's another way of praising him, isn't it? Isn't it? Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Glory. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Are we doing it? The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? Oh, I like this seventh verse. Do you wear your shouting clothes tonight? He raises up the poor out of the dust. Glory to God. Amen. And lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Somebody said, I don't believe in that prosperity message. Well, God does. Praise God. He lifted. Amen. Hallelujah. He raises up the poor out of the dust. And lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Why does he? That he may set him with princes. Even the princes of his people. Notice the 117th Psalm. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. What for? For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Notice the beginning of the 118th Psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Bless God the church can say the same thing, can't they? His mercy endureth forever. Praise God. Notice how it ends, the last verse. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercy endureth forever. Did you notice there in the Old Testament they were constantly praising God and magnifying his goodness and his mercy? Do you notice that that's what they were singing when God said ambushments against the enemy? It said they were singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, now let's turn on. We haven't got time to look at all of them. Many of them are so good. But let's notice the 135th Psalm, and then, then, then notice these in particular. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Again, three times in that very first verse, we're told to praise the Lord. Notice the 13th verse of this same Psalm. The name of the Lord endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. Notice that the psalm ends, the last verse, 21st verse. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion, which dwelleth at Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. Notice the next psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. The second verse. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Now notice the last verse of the same psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Notice the beginning of the 138th psalm. I will praise thee with my whole heart. See, with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Hallelujah. Notice the beginning of the 139th Psalm. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down settings and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compass my path and my line down and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my mouth that, lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and thy hand is upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, darkness hideth me not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. I want you to get this. He's talking about how big and how great God is. Are you listening to me? There's something about God that he likes that evidently. Hallelujah. Thank God he is the same God today that he was then. He hadn't changed the least bit, has he? I said, has he? No, he hasn't changed. Well, we could go on, but now I want you to notice this in conclusion. Notice the 150th Psalm, the last Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember one church I pastored. There's a fellow lived right behind the church. Now he was a Baptist. In fact, he taught a Sunday school class up at the First Baptist Church. But his house, his home, or his house, he rented it, he didn't own it, was just exactly right behind the church. And so on Sunday night, he got where he'd come out there some. One day I was talking to him because our parsonage was beside the church, so we're neighbors. 
I'm, I, I'd go over sometime in the cool evening and sit on the front porch with him way back there in 1939 and 40. And, uh, and, and we'd talk, you know. And, and he said, you know, Brother Ian, I, I really enjoy coming to your church. I'll I just be honest with you. He said, I, I just, uh, now, you know, now I'm Baptist, you know, and I've been for many, many years a Sunday school teacher and so on, Bible teacher. But he said, everybody in town admits that you have the best singing in your church in town. Well, we didn't have one trained voice. But you see, they sing with the Spirit, bless God. They sing with the fervor. They sing with the anointing. And he said, people just love to come hear him sing. They, 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 they admit, and everybody says, they have the best singing of any church in town down there. We didn't have, a, we didn't have anybody to lead singing, any trained part. Just one of the laymen. Didn't know, couldn't read a note of music. Couldn't read a note of music. Amen. <laughs> couldn't read a note. Of course, the pianist could. She knew something about it. But the person leading singing couldn't read a note of music. And, 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 and we didn't have anybody. We didn't have any trained singing. No, we're not against folks being trained. That's fine. As long as they'll keep it consecrated and dedicated and sanctified. And anointed. And that ain't always easy. Are you listening to me? But said they got the best singing. Everybody in town admits that you, you got the best singing. Oh, I enjoy the singing. I tell you, I'd come if it wasn't anything but for the singing. But he said, you know, I enjoy your preaching. I enjoy your preaching. And he said, uh, uh, in those days, see, 1939, even on Sunday night, uh, Pentecostal folks, they felt like if you, if you didn't have a testimony service, part of it, you know, was testimony service, every, every time you went to church, you backslid. So we'd have testimony, you know, uh, some testimonies every time you went to church. He said, I enjoy the testimonies. I enjoy it. It blesses me. I remember, he said, I'm old enough to remember, because he was an, 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 a gentleman, 39, he's in his 60s, you see. So he'd date on back there to 1870 somewhere, you know, and he, in the 70s. And he said, I remember in the Baptist church, we used to have testimony meetings. And I was a young man, I was a boy. And he said, I enjoy people shouting. He said, we used to shout in the Baptist church, praise God. And then he smiled and he said, you know, I even enjoy the tongues. Because <laughs> we had tongues, praying in tongues, tongues in interpretation. Singing in tongues. Tongues any way you can think of almost. <laughs> we had tongues. He said, I enjoy the tongues. The speaking with tongues. He said, I'm a Bible teacher and have been for 35, 40 years. He said, it's all in the book. It's in there. I know it's in there. I enjoy it. He said, there's just one thing that you folks do that I don't understand. Now, boy, you're in pretty good shape when there's just one thing you do that folks don't understand. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I said, what's that? He said, I don't understand that dancing. Because this church I had was pretty demonstrative. And I mean, at the drop of the hat, there'd be half of them on the floor dancing at once. <laughs> Amen. Those days, I was pretty conservative. I just sat and watched them. But I knew there's in the spirit. I don't understand that dancing business. Well, I said, now, brother, you've already told me, and I know that you're a Bible teacher. So you've studied your Bible for years? I'll explain it to you. I said, you read there in the Old Testament when David recovered the Ark of the Covenant that had been in the hands of the Philistines. You remember that, you know? And I said, you know, when he brought it back home, he danced before the Lord, it said, with all of his might. Remember that? You remember that? How many of you know that's in there? Said he danced before the Lord. I said, now what did that Ark stand for? You see, what happened back there to them uh, to Israel is, is types and shadows unto us and in samples are examples. Well, I said, among other things, that ark stood for the supernatural power of God, didn't it? Amen. 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 Now, I said, if he could dance 
under the shadow of what we got and a covenant that's not as good as ours, how much more under the better covenant, not under any kind of a tight, bless God, but with the real thing, ought we be able to dance before the Lord? Whoa, go, whoa, go there. Hallelujah. Amen. And I remember that Baptist Bible teacher looked at me. He said, boy, you're exactly right. I, can, I see that. I, I, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord wants to be praised, doesn't he? Amen. Let's stand up and praise the Lord. Let's praise him. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Praise, worship, and glory and honor. Glory to God, hallelujah, amen. Glory to God, hallelujah, amen. Praise his holy name. Praise, reverence, and honor be unto him both now and forevermore. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. I remember when my wife and I, 1969, was there in Israel. We were with the uh, Rome and Jerusalem airlift with Fugop Abidimin. But then, and we had some banquets there in Jerusalem, but there in, in Israel, uh, you know, they had the tour, the, the group, you know, was going on tours and so on and so forth. And, and with a large group that way, you don't always see everything and, and so on and so forth. So we got with uh, Brother Lindsay's daughter, Carol Lindsay, you know, who's since married and still lives there and is a citizen of Israel. And so she showed us around my wife and I, and so on. And so uh, uh, we were there on Mount Zion. We were there in the, where David's palace sat. And uh, so in this courtyard here, uh, you know, a lot of people's there, of course, uh, tourists like us and, and Jews or Israelites. And I saw this old rabbi. Oh, the poor dear, his face is so long, he looks so sad. But here come about 25 soldiers marching in to this courtyard. One of them leading the group, playing a trumpet. Them are marching. And they got in there, these 25 soldiers. And then this trumpeter changed his tune. And he began to play, and they all, and that old rabbi included, old, young, they all began to dance. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost came on them. I could have danced just like they did. But I, 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 I was fearful of doing so. I, I didn't want them to think that I'm making fun of them or something. I could have danced just exactly the same dance. 
It's a lively tune. It got in my feet. I said to Carol, what are you playing? She said, that's the song of David. That's the song that David danced by. <laughs> Amen. That's it. That's it. It was lively. The, the, the Holy Ghost. See, after all, they were, they were doing what this verse said, praising God. This praising the same God I've got. They were praising God because he's God and he is, still is, the God of Israel. How much more should I praise him because the God of Israel is my father? <laughs> wow, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Wow, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. <laughs> Now, some of you folks would like to do that, but you're too stiff-necked and been going to a dead church too long. Why don't you repent? Amen. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory! concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.